Welcome back to Diamond Niners Weekly. It is a Thursday night. We're talking Charlotte 49ers baseball. This is Nick, as always, joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Coach Woody. Hey, everybody. And producer Brad making it all happen. Hey, hey. All right, folks. Got a fun show for you tonight. Uh, obviously doing it via Zoom, not live. The guys on the road. Coach Woody is live from Huntington. Um, if you've got questions, comments, or just want to make fun of us, jump on in the chat. Uh, hit us up on uh, on Twitter. We'll monitor that. Uh, we love hearing from you folks, so feel free to jump right on in. All right. How, how's everybody doing? How are we doing, boys? Doing good. Doing great. Doing good. Yeah, all good. Well, Kevin, you had practice awesome. tonight? Yeah, went awesome. Went awesome. Practice went awesome. Woody, you, you, you guys just rolled into the hotel? We did, yeah. We, uh, we actually we practiced this morning. Um, had, a, had a good practice. Uh, I, it was, I call it a recovery practice. Um, but it was good. And, uh, yep, loaded up the bus and rode on up and just, just pulled in the hotel, actually, the, the team's, uh, team's downstairs eating right now. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in. We're not going to keep you long tonight, uh, since you've got, uh, you've got stuff to do up there, getting ready for tomorrow. And, and, uh, just as a reminder to everyone, we do play earlier in the day. Uh, don't tune, don't, don't tune in to listen to Joe at six o'clock, uh, expecting to hear the game. Well, you might hear the game about, about six o'clock. You might hear about the eighth inning or so. Uh, we do start at 3 PM tomorrow. So, adjust accordingly um coach let's just start off uh with with the important stuff first okay uh, let's talk about pinstripes um pinstripes have become a thing so this you know we talk fashion on the show um y- you guys are bringing the pinstripe the pinstripes back in vogue if they ever went out uh let's what tell fill us in on that yeah, no, I mean, it's just kind of like, uh, it's one of those things where I think if you just pulled, um, you know, fans and family members and the guys, and, you know, I think the large majority would say the, the white pinstripes, probably most people's favorite uniform. Um, and then we just had the thought, I can't remember which, you know, when it really started, but it was, you know, one of our coaches said in the office, just like, man, I just feel like we play, I feel like we play well in the pinstripe. And then, so I think maybe it was before college of Charleston, the college of Charleston game. Um, yeah. Like we just, it was a Tuesday night and we just said, well, let's just, let's, let's wear it. And so, uh, yeah, played well. And then from that point forward, it's just kind of like, um, again, we just had the conversations like feels like we play well in the white pinstripe. So yeah, it's just turned into a little bit of just kind of a, a thing. And, um, uh, guys, have, guys have played well wearing it so uh won't be wearing it up here this weekend but we've got the gray pinstripes and we'll keep it rolling now i don't know why but that feels like a coach simmons observation i, I don't know why i think that but it just feels like it was i, I don't know there's a, good, there's a good chance coach simmons is he's the he's the ace equipment staff member so uh there's a good chance it was him now, Kevin, you're you're our uniform tracker guy. You're you're all over this stuff. What's we, we're talking about the winning streak in the pinstripes, but the the overall record's still good too. Yeah, the winning streak. 
we're at a six game winning streak currently, but seven game winning streak while wearing the pinstripes. And I, I forgot the overall. I dropped the ball on that one. But um, we're like nine and was like nine and two or something like that. Something that's crazy. Something like that. I think yeah. the only two losses was WKU and uh, Southern Miss and West Virginia. Those three. The so nine and three. Yeah, it might be nine and three on the pinstripe. So yeah. So yeah, we got the gray, the gray with the green pinstripe road unis. Um uh, now, you know, coach, we're not superstitious. We're just a little stitious. The three lo- the three losses. Sorry, let me interrupt. The three losses yeah. by a combined four runs. <laughs> just in case anybody's keeping track at home, right? Three losses by four runs. Yeah. So the pinstripes yeah. are, are the pinstripes are good. Um, now, like I said, we're not superstitious. We're just a little stitious. You brought the road pinstripes. Did you even bring anything else? Uh, we, yeah, we 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 brought the uh, we haven't worn the the all cream yet. So we have we have the cream C, which is it's basically the pinstripe uni except it's cream C, um, but it's the same. It's the same kind of vibe, and we haven't worn it yet this year, so we got it here. I think Marshall's going to wear cream tomorrow, so we've got pinstripes tomorrow, and then we'll kind of we'll go from there. I like those cream unis. You guys have worn the pants some this year, uh, but not not the full set. Um, I, I think they're my favorites. Well, right now the pinstripes are my favorites because they're yeah. winning, so we just roll with that. But I think just overall those cream unis are. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, and the the cream the cream C uniform is actually all credit to Ray Bolger, um, you know, in, in equipment. He he's a big Cleveland Indians fan, and he was actually up in our offices two summers ago when we were design, you know our coaching staff designed all of the uniforms, and uh, Ray was in the offices with us helping us, and he said, you know. So Cleveland used to have this kind of cream C off white uniform and we pulled it up and we kind of tried to design it after it. So, um, we really without Ray, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the, the, the cream C off white uniform. That's awesome. So, and I'm, I'm not even going to wait for Kevin to, to pull the hook on me here and say, Hey, are we going to talk about baseball? Cause he likes talking about uniforms too. We all do. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we, we put some stats out, uh, there, there's some stats floating around out there about, uh, pre and post, uh, attack clock. Uh, we talked about this before you guys, um, I don't know if you borrowed a clock from football, if you stole a clock from football, you, you got a clock. Uh, (laughs) you acquired a clock Mm -hmm. by some means, uh, and have started using Mm -hmm. that in the, in the dugout, uh, on, on defense and the, the, the stats. And I know you guys have done the, with the coaching staff have done a deep dive on this. Um, the results on, our defense pitching and defense before the pitch clock and after, or the attack clock, I should say. Um, yeah. The results are pretty staggering. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I mean, I think there's some, some, something can certainly be attributed. Some of the success can, I think can be attributed to it. The other, I mean, um, 
you know, there's other, there's obviously other factors as well, as far as, um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, uh, we've been very pleased with really how all of our players, it's not just pitchers. It's, it's, it's our defense, it's our catchers. Um, you know, it's how everybody's really embraced the mindset of when we hit the field, trying to get off, trying to get, you know, get off in under eight minutes and the clock starts as soon as our start, as soon as our pitchers first warm up pitch hits the catcher's mitt, that's when it starts. So that, that, that kind of makes it constant. So that, the idea being on that is that, uh, you know, even our pitchers warm up with kind of pace and tempo. And then, so it's not like they warm up, you know, kind of slow and methodical. And then all of a sudden they got to work fast. It's kind of like, this is, this is our pace. And then, uh, at the same time too, it's just as important for our catchers to receive and get the ball right back to our pitcher. So it kind of connects the two a little bit as far as the flow and the rhythm, uh, and just from a pitching standpoint too, it's like, you know, if you want more time in the game, you know, then spend less time in warmups, you know? And so it's kind of a, they kind of work hand in hand. Yeah. And then, you know, it just felt like we felt like our game times earlier in the year, I think we were averaging around three hours and 41 minutes per nine innings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's, you know, when, when, when you're winning games, the like, I don't care if it's six hours, eight hours, two hours, it doesn't matter. Right. But like, you know, we kind of, when, when you hit, I think when you, whether it's you know our team or any team, I think any team in general, when you don't win a game, I think you should evaluate all aspects of what's taking place. And for us, it felt like, okay, look, if we're, you know, if we're not going to, if we're not going to, you know, come out on the positive side of the outcome, you know, let's see if we can improve some things. And when we felt like pace and tempo and rhythm, um, you know, we give our, and, and we felt like we feel like really we're so confident in our pitching staff. Uh, so, you know, even that little stretch, it was like, well, let's give them something else to focus on uh, the hitter, you know, because the, I mean, the hitter obviously matters, but we wanted to give kind of an external factor to where, Hey, look, like, it really doesn't matter who's in the box. Like if I execute my pitches and I work at my pace then good things are going to happen. So there's a little bit of that element too. And I just give all, I give our players all the credit because, you know, they're the ones, they're the ones doing it. And, um, you know, I think there's some, you know, I think there's, I think there's a lot of positives to it for sure. Yeah. Coach, I was curious to ask, um, are you guys tracking how many, how many, What's the success rate of getting under the eight minutes um, on we average? average yeah, we average, we average about, which is it was just a little surprising. I thought I thought it'd be lower than this. We're actually averaging around six and a half, um, six and a half innings, you know, per nine under eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So I would say on on average about two and a half innings or, you know, roughly some games two, some games three, we go over, we've gone over that. We haven't had very many games where we've had four or five uh, innings go over, you know, Grant, and that too, like we, you know, we've got some rules and some stipulations as far as like, you know, when we make pitching changes, that doesn't count. The, the clock resets to a certain time, depending on the number of outs and the situation. Um, you know, if I got to go out and if I go out and argue a call and, challenge a play or something like that, you know, like that's, that, that doesn't count. So there's just some other things too, but yeah, roughly we're right at around six and a half out of six and a half out of nine 
innings are right now are, are, are going at a sub eight pace. You don't go out and argue calls. Do you coach? I do not. Nope. It doesn't work. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, this is not what I was planning to ask you next, but I will say that, that since replay, uh, since you guys have gotten replay installed at the Hayes, we've had some success with that. We're, we, we keep track of that too. We are, we're, we're out front on, on those outcomes as well. Yes. So we, we, we tweeted some info out about the, uh, the pre and post, uh, attack clock ERA. Um, and it was a, a, a pretty decent drop there. I don't, I have some numbers in front of me, but that's not one of the numbers I have in front of me. Kevin, you got that one? Yeah, yeah it was uh, prior to the attack clock, 5.21. And then since since the uh, pitch clock's 3.38, so just about two runs, two runs a game. That's that's a lot, big difference. Yeah, and then we gave, and then we gave up three on Wednesday night, so it actually went down a little bit Wednesday night. Yeah. And, and, and you've been, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of great starts uh, since then as well. I mean, uh, Matt Brooks has thrown a couple of good ones in there. Hale Sims has had a couple of good ones in there. Pitching is, is, I mean, you can definitely see a difference. Um, like I said, I'm not sure how much attributes to the clock or not, but you can tell a difference in, in the pitch. Yeah, I think it's a lot of things, you know. I mean, that's, the clock's just part of it. You know, it's never, it's never, you know, when guys have success, it's never one thing. You know, they're the ones doing it. and. Um, that's just a small piece of the puzzle. Um, but our starting pitching, as you, as you guys have touched on, I mean, between, you know, Hale Sims and Will Lancaster and Colin Kramer and Matt Brooks and Cam Hansen. I mean, really those five, you know, the last, you know, six or seven games, they've just been uh, more than that. I would say even, you know, eight or nine games, they've just been, um, they've just been awesome. Uh, they've been awesome. They've kind of, They've controlled the pace. They've controlled the tempo. They've gone right at guys. They've they've pitched with poise and conviction and and presence. And uh, you just there's just been a growing sense with our team as the as the last few weeks that you know each time out is you know you see another sign of development and another side of progression. Like it's not it's it, it's 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 growing as the season's going, and and that's certainly what you want to see. Just looking through some other data here, Coach, and and you were uh, just so the the listeners know we this was shared with us. We're not smart enough to figure all this stuff out, um, but but I can read, so I got that going for me. But uh, really interesting numbers here uh, pre pre and post attack uh, attack clock pitches per inning. You're down about two. Uh, the K to walk ratio has gone from basically two to two and a half. Um, walks per nine is down almost, uh, one and a half. I mean, there I'm looking, you guys track stuff, positive stuff with green on the chart. And this chart has green all over it. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure maybe this was some stuff Benny put together for you possibly. Actually, no, actually our, uh, coach Miney, our pitching coach, he, uh, he took a deep dive on the bus ride and, uh, just did a tremendous job of really filtering filtering through everything and um you know again he's uh you know he's a big he's a big credit for 
for what's happening as well. I mean, because, you know, he's instituting it. Our guys, our guys are training with it in bullpens and live at bat sessions. And, um, you know, he's reinforcing the messages and sharing the positive information. So, yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, just give a ton of credit to coach Miney as well, but he was the one that, yeah, put that really great breakdown together for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's fantastic stuff. Opponents batting de- average down about 20 points. Overall OPS down nearly 100 points. Um, your whips down, uh, call it a quarter, uh, a quarter of a point. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you start thinking about, you know, two pitches an inning doesn't sound like a lot, but 18, 18 pitches per game. You know, you're talking about 10 games, saving 180 pitches. Um, you, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, that's the game of baseball in our opinion is, is finding, you know, these small edges and compounding them over time. And, and for us, we feel like this, this is one of them. Okay. So just popping up on the phone here for, for anybody who's, who's not paying attention to the draft, the Jaguars picked a, a defensive end from Georgia, Trevon Walker with the number one pick. So there you go. So you asked me who the Panthers are picking. I don't know, but they're not picking that guy. Okay. It's <laughs> a <So> big <yeah. laughs> well, they, they, Panthers, Panthers pick, will we pick sixth? Yes. Six? Yeah, yeah. sixth. I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I, I've Kevin's way more in tune with that. And on this call, the four of us that are here, I am probably number four as far as knowing, even having an opinion, what the Panthers are going to do. I, I got, I got nothing for it. Um, but we're on pick two now. We're on pick two now, and they pick six, so it's coming up here in a little bit. <laughs> so, so, we'll know, sorry, go ahead, Ken. We'll, we'll know before the show's over. Maybe we'll break it down. But uh, <laughs> um, I was going to ask. I mean, related to the pitch clock. Uh, I don't know how much you can share this, but the pitcher's mentality, um, has, has that changed much? I mean, uh, if you get, get up a, a, a two on a, a batter, um, does that mentality change a little bit? If you got to attack instead of uh, maybe not, not waste pitches. I know like when you're, when you're up in the count, sometimes pitchers tend to waste pitches. Um, has that affected uh, the pitchers? Is that they're going to, instead of waste pitches, they're going to just attack. Um, go for that strike three or uh, does that make any difference at all? Yeah. I mean, you have to ask them, I guess that's a good, that's a great question. You know, I think it's probably got a guy. Um, there's probably some guys that um, probably don't think about it at all. And there's some guys that think about it some. And um, again, it just kind of gets back to, um, I think it just gets back to kind of the, competing against the external thing that um, our pitchers have really good stuff. Like they have really good stuff. So it's like um, whether it's their, you know, they get to O2, right. And like, say like an elevated fastball is, is one of their best out pitches or a breaker, you know, down and away or whatever, you know, it's kind of like all of our pitchers know what their out pitches are and they kind of get to those counts. And it's like, they kind of just cut to the chase and say like, I'm going, I'm going right at him with my out pitch with conviction versus maybe like, okay, I'm O2. I've got time to like, uh, you know, kind of 
you know, ways to pitch here. Not that we were doing that necessarily, but I think just pitching in general is kind of like ways to pitch here. Okay. I'm one, two, or I can still, you know, I can still see if we'll go for this. Okay. Now I'm two, two, where it's just like, it's just kind of like, boom, 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 like, let's go. And, you know, cause I mean, I mean, when you're no two, the numbers are just drastically in pitchers favors and, um, hitters tend to expand their zones. And when hitters do that, you know, if you look, if you think of things in terms of like, you know, hot zones and cold zones for hitters, it's kind of like, I don't know. Do you guys ever look at like Ted Williams science of hitting book? It's kind of where he has like yeah. the, you know, his, the strike zone with like a bunch of baseballs with his like average his batting average per zone. Um, you know, our pitchers kind of know like, Hey, you know, the numbers are in your favor and just attack with your best stuff into those, into those zones. And, um, it's, it's just kind of more of that mindset, I guess. It's just a challenge mindset that understanding that, yeah, like maybe we give up a few more contacts and O2 counts, but the numbers say that good things will happen if they do. So, um, if we execute, so, yeah. Coach, we want to uh, talk about uh, talk about Marshall and the the series upcoming. And we told you we'd get you get you in, in and out in about thirty minutes. But um, before uh, before we move on, a couple of um, uh, there's so many performances in this streak that we could talk about. But um, I think and the, the thing that comes up uh, when you talk to people um, in person and online, <laughs> the thing that comes up uh, pretty quickly is uh, David McCabe's return to the lineup. Uh, and not only his return to the lineup, but um, his um, his his ability now to to go back to switch hitting uh, and um, the difference that he makes in that lineup now that you got him back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we've always felt like Dave. Uh, you know, we think Dave is one of the best players in the country. Um, certainly hitters, but just complete players in the country, and having his presence and experience and you know, just uh, whoever is hitting in front of them, um, you know, that pitcher and that coaching staff, they're going to have to look on deck and see that he's coming up either on deck or in the hole, whoever he's hitting behind. And, um, you know, it's just, it's like one of those things. It's like, he, as soon as he comes back and I find myself writing like Jake Cunningham's name in the eight hole or Will Butcher's name in the eight, seven or eight hole. And I'm just like, you know, that's uh those are those are some pretty those are some really really good hitters in that house order. Uh, I think that might be I think that might be uh, I think that might be dinner. Actually, hold on. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Live podcasting, folks. <laughs> Remember on the the old, the the show uh, on uh, on with uh, Gary Williams and uh, and Jim Slaney. You know they had that little. <laughs> Housekeeping. Dinner's here. Yeah. Oh. Hey, what you got? We got pasta. We got pasta tonight. We got pasta. Yeah. The guys just finished eating, so Coach Steve was nice enough to run me a plate up. Um, Carbon up. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like you know, you're sitting there and you got you know, you got Cam Fisher, you know, who's a three and four hole on most teams. You got Will Butcher, who's a three and four hole on most teams, and Jake Cunningham, who's a three and four hole hitter on most teams. Those guys are hitting down, you know, six, seven, eight. It's just really exciting as far as the run production that we feel like we're capable of of having as an offense. Um, so he just, you know, he's 
he's really he's really a special player. Um, you know, I think, and then it just it just makes that lineup that much more exciting to watch. Um, not to get too far in the weeds as we're trying to trying to move ahead, but uh, that that play uh, that at bat of David's last night. Um, he, he first of all, I I conveniently forgot how awesome. I mean, not really forgot, but in my mind, it was like his him David as a lefty and David as a righty were pretty close, and that they still are, but. I, I just him not seeing him bat lefty for a while just kind of it's like oh my gosh this is this is so awesome to have him back batting lefty. Um, I did from your vantage point. Anybody who was at the game last night knows what I'm getting her to ask. That guy catch that ball. The umpire said he did. So I, <laughs> I felt like, like I mean, one of two things either happened. Something hit the wall. It was either the ball. Or him, and if it was the ball, he didn't catch it. And if it was him, it knocked the ball loose. If he if this, of, if this was the NFL, he would not have been granted a catch because he did not complete the he did not take the catch to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was, you know, for the for people who attended. I mean that was sort of what I went out there and and. Uh, discussed with Barry, who's a great umpire. Um, but you know, it's hard to deny it, but then, you know, he let, you know, TJ Ash and center field for them. I mean, he left no doubt, man. I mean, he went and got the next one for sure. And oh, Fisher, Fisher's home. F- Fisher hit a home run and, and, and he went over the wall and got it. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it was, it was incredible. I told, I told North Carolina A&T's coaching staff after the game, I said, I don't, you don't see you don't see one of those plays. I mean, even even if you know, even if we do feel like he dropped the transfer, I mean, those were that was incredible what he did um, on those two plays. So you tip your cap to the other team, regardless of the the, the play of the outcome, was was really exceptional. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from the from the kid. It was a no, tremendous I effort. I mean, yeah. I just didn't think he caught it, but he clearly caught the one of of fishes. I mean, he robbed fish. That was that ball was over the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, uh, real quick, attaboy for uh, uh, with so many guys. With when you're riding a six game winning streak, you can give lots of attaboys out. But um, one, we'll we'll tie them together. One, the the abuse that Caden Hobson has taken behind the plate like last weekend in particular. I mean, he got he was a punching bag back there. Uh, and then he's able to get a couple, uh, get some, some time off this week and Huck steps in and, and Huck answers the bell. I mean, it's his first career home run, makes a big play on Tuesday night and, uh, and handles, handles the job behind the plate. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was great seeing Huck come back. Um, you know, he had had a bit of a bone bruise from a hit by pitch a few weeks earlier and, kind of held him out. Um, he'd been hitting some, but, uh, just really wanted to make sure that he was good to go in all facets. And, uh, yeah, Tuesday night, he caught nine shutout innings and, and four shutout innings. So 13, 13 in total this week, midweek and uh big three run home run on Tuesday night to really kind of get us going. And, um, yeah, it was great seeing him out there. And, and um, and as you mentioned, Caden, 
I mean, Caden's just been, he's been like that since he showed up on campus. It's just been, um, you know, anything and everything that hits him, he just kind of absorbs it. And if I go out there, I'm just point now where I don't even say a whole lot because, you know, I just know he's just going to kind of absorb it and, you know, and play through it any way he possibly can. But, um, it's yeah, good. Both go. those guys, I'm okay. I'm good. Both of those, yeah. Both those, both those guys have been really, really tough. And, uh, you know, that's some, that's been something the last two weeks that I give them a lot of credit to because, you know, there was a few aspects of the game that we felt like we really needed to improve upon if we wanted to get back to playing our brand of baseball. And one of the first things was, was wild pitches and pass balls. Um, we wanted, you know, we just, um, we just kind of rallied the troops, our, our players and coaches, and just said from here on out, um, runners on base, uh, you know, None of you know. Let's let's shut it down and um, not allow any any runners to advance on those. And you know, Caden and Huck have really embraced that challenge and done a tremendous job. And it's translating to us having more success. Absolutely, right. <clears throat> Coach. Before we move on to Marshall, um, <clears throat> big three game sweep over UAB. Uh, I think we allowed six runs all weekend. Um, scored fourteen on them. So uh, big time sweep. Came at a great time. Uh, what, any final thoughts on the UAB series uh, from the weekend? No, it was just it was it was really well played. I thought both teams played played really well. That's uh, you know, Coach Dunn and his staff they've they're doing a tremendous job in their first year, and uh, it took everything we had um, all three games to to be on the the positive side. And um, you know, it's it's it, that's. We tell our players all the time, once you see something, you can't unsee it. So we've seen, you know, we've seen some starting pitching and some, bull, you know, guys out of the bullpen and our offense and base running and defense kind of all facets going this direction. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, certainly positive, but, you know, it's great, great series. We got four weeks left in conference. Um, Marshall's up next on the road. Um, uh, Give us a little preview of what we can expect to see this weekend from from Marshall. Yeah, I mean, Marshall's really a really tough group. Um, really gritty. They've, um, you know, they just took a they just you know they just swept a really tough series at Western Kentucky last weekend, and they've been playing really well. Um, you know, Coach Wagner is he's been in the league for a long time, and and um, you know this is this is notoriously a tough place to play. So. You know, we'll uh, it'll be another great challenge. I just wanted to add one more thing about the the UAB series, Kevin, uh, if I could, and, and that was um, ice cream mini helmets. <laughs> Those are very popular. Those are very popular. We got a lot of uh, response from from lots of people with those ice cream helmets. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wanting us to get them one. I'd be lying if I didn't say that it was in the back of my mind. If, if I, if I didn't, if I got ejected from one of those games, I was going straight for that straight for it. I, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, that's, you know, uh, we actually, uh, told you about this one coach. Um, uh, the, the, the one they, they stirred up, it stirred up quite a, quite a bit of comments, uh, on Twitter. And, um, we've got one for, um, 
for Ben Upton, uh, host of one of the hosts of uh, the 11.7 podcast. And we're going to send that his way. He said he'll put it nice. in the background. So it'll be displayed uh, during the 11.7 podcast. So we're, we're nice. spreading Niner, spread Niner baseball, you know, wherever we can. Um, you know, one thing I meant to, to ask you about as well, uh, which I think is relevant to the conversation. I, I know you guys brought the, the attack clock with you because you're traveling with it now. Um, actually, uh, speaking of information, you don't get anywhere else. Um, where were you guys? Middle Tennessee. And you couldn't you didn't have room to get it back. So um, Colby's parents brought the attack clock back in their car. <laughs> from, from yeah. yeah the bruce the bruce fam was very helpful on on that one because we couldn't fly it back so yeah and apparently it it, it fit all the way like the, the the base of it was up at the radio in between them and it was like an armrest <laughs> i believe it it's pretty big all the way back. Um, so when we did, uh, we, we did tweet about uh, the the attack clock uh, this week. I don't remember what day it was, Kevin, but we put that out there. Uh, it got picked up by uh, by Aaron Fit at uh, D One Baseball, and that um, that tweet uh, did some pretty good uh, internet traffic for us. Um, so I guess my my final question uh, before we get you out of here is. Uh, how long do you think it's going to be before somebody else has an attack clock? And maybe you're already hearing from coaches about it. Are you getting texts and, and phone calls about the attack clock? A little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really I have no idea, to be honest with you. Um, I know if I was a coach at another school, I would be intrigued. I've been asked about it by pretty much every coach we've played. Um, and, and it's been all, it's been all, it's been all positive. Um, you know, and what's in, what's interesting is, you know, actually some of the teams that we've played, um, I've kind of started to look at things through the lens of, uh, if the other team had a clock in their dugout, you know, would their pitch pitching and defense, you know, be under eight minutes and, how would that team do? And it's like, it's pretty interesting. Like, uh, like Southern Miss, they had one of the best, they probably, they had the best pitching staff. I would say we saw it, we've seen it in a three game series all year. And it's one of those things like they didn't have any, they didn't have a clock in their dugout, but if they had like, they, they naturally pitched as if they did. So, you know, that makes me even kind of more intrigued, I guess about it. But yeah, I mean, most coaches either ask about it at the plate um, or after the game's over. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think if I think if I was a coach uh, out there and you know was you know we felt like we could improve on the mound, I think it's a no brainer. But uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, coach, we promised you 30 minutes. You've got dinner right beside you. I think it's time for you to go ahead and carb up. Uh, early start tomorrow. You guys are, I don't know, imagine you're, well, you get into the park maybe about noon. Yep. Yep. We'll get there around then and get cranked up and get going with another, with another tough conference USA series. They're all, they're all, they're all tough. So, but I'm excited. It's uh, our guys, our guys, 
our guys look ready. We had a really good practice today and uh, they got the look right now. So I'm excited. To, I'm excited to get going again tomorrow. Coach, have you, uh, have you released a starting rotation yet? Yeah, we'll, we'll hail start game one. Uh, will Lancaster will start game two and we'll TBD game three, just as we keep, we keep Colin Kramer ready to go. Um, you know, really for game one and game two as needed and kind of go from there. All right, folks, we're going to go, uh, let Woody, uh, carb up and get some rest, uh, long day on the road. I know, um, three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Um, I believe three o'clock again on Saturday and 1 PM on Sunday. Um, looking at the weather forecast folks, you might want to keep an eye on that all weekend. I don't know how that might impact the game schedule, but there is some threats of rain in the forecast, both Saturday and Sunday. So just keep an eye out for that. All right, coach, go grab dinner, man. Appreciate your time as always. Appreciate you guys. And, uh, I'll, I'll, um, I think the Panthers are getting ready to be on the clock here. So good vibe, good vibes from the Panthers and, uh, let's go get it this weekend. Thanks guys. Okay, man. Good night. Bye y'all. See y'all hey, coach. Good luck coach. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Head coach Robert Woodard off to eat some pasta in Huntington, West Virginia. And watch the Panthers pick. And watch the Panthers pick. Either one of you guys have that on? Yeah, Giants on? Giants are announcing their pick right now, so the Panthers are on the clock right now, basically. Oh boy. I really don't even know. I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. So got this big weekend, Kevin. Um I mean we're we're riding this streak. Let's let's talk about let's talk about league play a little bit, right? For anybody right. that missed it, um, there's uh, I'm going to use the term we loosely uh, had a blog post out today. Kevin put some data together uh, on conference standings and what everybody looks like and what they have left. Um, there are some big, big series. Everyone the Niners play in for the rest of the season is going to be big. I know everybody knows that. Uh, we just got to, we're in position where, well, I mean, when are, when are you not in a position to just keep winning? But that's, that's what we've got to do. Um, we are currently, um, yeah, technically, uh, and Kevin, you did the tiebreakers, which was good, um, sitting in seventh in a, in a three-way tie with, uh, with UAB and Marshall. So this starting this weekend, I mean, this is a this is an opportunity to uh, directly pass somebody that we're competing with in the standings. So that's uh, that sort of goes without saying, right? Right. And first off, we are a team, Nick. Everything, everything that goes out <laughs> on the under our brand is, is is a team team effort. So yeah, but there might be some typos in it or something. And, and if there are, I didn't want anybody like thinking I oh. <laughs> All typos are my fault, so I'll, I'll go ahead. I go and I'll wear I'll wear the typos. That's fine. I thought it was like a no. Lennon and McCartney type of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Lennon McCartney kind of thing. Um, I, I'm not even going to speculate which one of us is which because um, I, I don't know. Um, it, by the way, this is as good a time to mention it as any. Um, if, if you guys, and we retweeted it, uh, producer Brad hadn't seen it yet. He's going to see it after the show. If you haven't seen what um, what our buddy Jimmy Touchstone did, um, 
with this cartoon of me and Kevin. I, it, it, there's two of them now. I, I'm afraid to know what's going to happen next, but um, just just go 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 look at our timeline. We put it out there. It's it's 40 seconds. It's hilarious. And Jimmy, I think, captured us pretty well. Don't I mean, would, would you say? I mean, it, it gets our essence, don't you think, Kevin? I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, my kids said it didn't look like me, but I think I think it looks pretty close. I, I, I mean, I think I think they're good. I mean, I, it looks. It's probably. I, I think they look. I think our 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 little avatars look better than we do. I'll tell you that. Well, um, yeah, that's that's without saying. Well, there's going to come a day where where Jimmy just does the show with with our avatars just doing the show, and we won't even we won't even be involved in it. Well, I'm waiting for the Coach Woody cartoon. Well, Woody Woody has not appeared, but in part two today, uh, Ashley Chastain showed up. So, um, I, I just you just don't know what's going to happen. You got to go check these things out. If if you know we retweeted them, uh, Jim, or if you follow Jimmy on Twitter, um, you know go go check it out. Jimmy touched on it's pretty funny stuff. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> Uh, as, as we got a little sidetracked there, um, obviously it's important for the Niners this weekend, but, uh, looking at, uh, looking at who all is playing this weekend, it kind of feels like there's several important series here, but for whatever reason, Louisiana tech at old dominion kind of catches my eye. Yeah. Um, La tech, uh, they had a rough weekend last weekend, I guess. Um, Middle Tennessee got them right. Yeah, and um, it kind of bumped them out. Kind of bumped their RPI down, and uh, out of they were um, projected to be in a region, be a regional team, and now the projections have them like one of the last teams out. So they're going to be hungry to get back into that that uh, bubble mix, and. Uh, um, and we're we're right behind ODU. So if La Tech has a good weekend, we have a good weekend. We could be fifth or sixth by the end of Sunday. Yeah, potentially. So and the, that series is interesting, and it, it is in Norfolk. So uh, let's see what what Louisiana Tech can do with the um, with the with the wind tunnel. Um, the other one that kind of catches my eye is uh, Middle Tennessee and San Antonio. And it looks like, if I have this right, that is, uh, that is in Murfreesboro. Yes, yes. If I, if I don't have a typo on there, it's, it is at Murfreesboro. <laughs> um, yeah, two teams that we, we had trouble with uh, going head-to-head, uh, I guess, from our point of view, we need to have one, one or the other sweep that would be good um, in yeah, order to catch it, up to the. You know, I, I, I I'm not going to apologize to him. Let's not get, let's not go that far. But um, you know, San Antonio, I, I knew we San Antonio is always scrappy, uh, and, and so when we were going there, I knew that we were in for we were in for a brawl. You know, you go down there, San Antonio, and, and they're a scrappy, scrappy team. But Middle Tennessee, um, I didn't really see them coming. And I mean, it, it's not like it's not like they haven't beaten other teams too. I mean, they're they're continuing to to put it together. Um, 
I mean, 11 and yeah. seven in the conference. And uh, like you said, last weekend, they got the job done too. Um, yeah. They beat La Tech. They beat Auburn. They beat us, UAB. I mean, they've got a good resume. Um, they had a rough non-conference schedule, which is keeping their RPI um, out of bubble range right now. But um, yeah, they were a good team. And we had an extra inning game on a Friday night. It was a Thursday night. Thursday night against them. Um, series that could have gone either way, really. Um, had a big lead on them on the on the getaway day too, and uh, just couldn't close the deal on that one. But yeah, I, I say those three teams: Charlotte, UTSA, and Middle Tennessee are right in the same, um, about the same caliber right at, as right now. Yeah, and uh, looking at. Um Wanted to look at one thing. Wanted to confirm this with um, – actually, what I'd like is Warren Nolan to stop giving me these pop-up ads. I've mentioned this before. It's a recurring thing. Um, yeah, so the, the, the problem for, uh, for UAB right now is they got swept last weekend, which, um, you know, they, they came in riding high. Uh, they came to Charlotte riding high. Um, we're not – thinking that they were going to get swept. I'm sure no one goes into a weekend thinking I will probably get swept, but that that's not what they had. They did not have that on their bingo card. Um, Niners broke out, took care of business. And now all they have to do is host Southern Miss this weekend, who I, I, you know, I mean, Southern Miss right now, when you, when you look at, uh, at the, the projections, which are starting to get more real by the week, um, most projections have Southern Miss as a, as a top eight seed, uh, you know, as a, a top eight seed in line for a, for a super regional. Yeah. They're nationally ranked fourth, fifth or sixth, depending on what poll you look at. And, um, we saw it firsthand. They're a good team. They pitch really well. Um, and they hit, they had Tommy hitting against us. Um, uh, we hung right with them all three games really. And, um, but they just have really good pitching and that's going to carry far. In a tournament setting, um, and I've heard some national podcasts talking about they, they get to they get to stay home for the conference tournament, and then they have a regional, then coast, then they could possibly host super. I mean, they they could go a month without leaving their their home stadium. Hey, and I mean, you know, good on them for for getting that. You know, for I mean, they've earned every bit of that. They bid on the conference tournament, and so they they got that. And and the rest of it they've earned on the field, um, you know. I, I'm sure, and and they're not going to be listening to this anyway. But you know, Su- Southern Miss Twitter is is very active, and um, they their uh, their their internet fans have all the. Um, well, they're just as smart as everybody else's internet fans, which you know I'll leave you to interpret what that means, um, but. When you looked at that series, it was at our place, so that helped some. Um, you know, I would say the difference between the two teams. You mentioned they they really know how to pitch, and they got timely hitting, and, and you're you're spot on. Um, but where where I would say, and I think that that our guys are growing an area we're growing in right now. Um, that Southern Miss team, they know how to win. They 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 know what it takes right in those moments the moment's not too big for them um and you know we're 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 growing into that 
we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but they're already there. Um, they're, and it, it would be hard to name a hotter team in the country, quite frankly. Right. They they seem to be on cruise control. Um, uh, they, yeah, best team. They're the best team I've seen the past couple of years at the Hayes for sure. Uh, and they, they, if they stay hot, they, they could, I mean, they could be an Omaha team. That's what some of the national pundits are saying. Uh, they have been to Omaha before, um, in their school history, but, uh, yeah, good looking team. Um, and they're hosting the tournament. So I think mathematically they could lock up a spot in the tournament, in the Alfred State tournament this weekend, possibly. Um, but my math could be wrong on that. Um, well, I'm pulling for them for the next month. I'll tell you that. Um, just looking, looking at this, this rundown, um, they're playing UAB this weekend. And then they play Old Dominion, and then they uh, they host UTSA. They host they host Old Dominion. They host UTSA, and then they travel to Middle Tennessee. Uh, who are we all? Who are we right around in the standings? UAB, Old Those Dominion, three. UTSA, and Middle Tennessee. So, <laughs> right, right. I'm pulling for them. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to keep them them keep winning and, and run away with the regular season and, and let two through eight be decided between us and. See how far we can climb. Hopefully, we can keep strengths and wins together in conference and climb. Um, and our last series at home is La Tech, so that's shaping up to be a big, a big series. As far as hopefully, hopefully that will be a really big series as far as seeding goes in the conference tournament. Brad, I'm getting ready to throw you under the bus, man, because you told me who the pick is, and I don't know who that is. How do you say that? I don't know. That's that's why I typed it in for you. <laughs> I got. I got. Who, is this, guy? Who is this guy? Kevin. Kevin, you're gonna you're gonna pronounce he's, this. Who is this guy from NC State? He's an offensive. I'm tackle. not pronouncing it. Offensive I'm, I'm tackle. It's an offensive tackle from NC State. That's who he is. Charlotte native, all American. Okay. Panthers got a Charlotte native offensive tackle from NC State. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna pronounce his name because I don't. What high school did he go to? I don't know. It just came across my screen. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Kevin comes from a a bit of an NC State family. His his dad went to NC State, and your your brother in law went to NC State. Yes. We got any, any? You got any other any other relatives? Uh, uncle, um, a few relatives, yeah. But I did grow up in NC State household. So, so all your family are ordering Panthers jerseys right now. <laughs> with with yeah. I, I come it, it, that dude from NC State. Yeah, they. Uh, well, I don't want to stray too far, but they've always wondered why the Panthers never drafted an NC State guy, but now they've drafted one. So there we In go. First round. You know, Clemson complains about the same thing about the Panthers. I don't know if you know that or not, but but they 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 complain and complain and complain that the Panthers don't pick the Clemson guys. And I'm like, I don't know. But oh well, 
Back, back to Conference USA. Some people just complain, Kevin. Have you ever noticed this? That some people just find stuff to complain about. You ever notice that? I, I have noticed that, especially recently over the past two or three years. <laughs> and I've, I, you know what? I've uh, gone out of my way to try to not be one of those people. Atta boy. Atta boy. Um, so continuing on here, though, yeah, you're right. Southern Miss just needs to keep winning for the conference, for for the standings, for everything. Um, and then as soon as baseball season's over, their entire athletic program and university is leaving to the Sun Belt for the Sun Belt. So as soon as they do that, I say screw them. <laughs> well, Mar- um, Marshall's leaving too. Old Dominion's going too. So, um, We'll never have to play in the, uh, the wind tunnel again unless it's a postseason tournament, probably. Uh, yeah, no more. To to oh, go ahead. The YMCA. That's it. No more, no more trips to the YMCA, um, which we're, we're going to this weekend. Yeah, I, my daughter and I are leaving in the morning. Um, oh, we got somebody. Oh, Feet's uncle wants to know what this other sport is we're talking about. I don't know. I, it's Feet's uncle, so it's football. So I, you know, I don't know. Um, but no, we're we're going to leave in the morning, and we're going up to Huntington for the weekend. Um, I talked to a lot of folks, um, a lot of parents. You know, baseball parents travel. A lot of them are sitting this weekend out, um, and 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 I don't blame them. I don't blame him a bit, but um, I thought this was a good opportunity to get out of town, take a little road trip. It's about five hours, uh, unless this road construction, what he's talking about, uh, about five hours, and to um, just go up there and troll them for playing at a YMCA. Well, first off, the stadium only holds about 35 to 40 people, so I don't think that many parents could travel. Uh, if they wanted to, it looks like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to troll too hard, but. Oh, I'll send it's, you. It's, There's going to be pictures. Uh, I'm going to get, I might just wind up getting a cooler. I'll take a cooler and load it up and then just sit on my cooler outside the chain leak fence. Um, you know, I might bring some juice boxes and uh, some orange slices you know, I can see, um, you know, uh, probably Toby lining the guys up, you know, when they come in to bat, you know, they sit them on the bench in batting order, you know, like we used to, uh, you know, and you had to sit right there, not, not wander around. Cause that's the batting order. Don't mess it up. And, you know, uh, um, yeah. well, you know, it really is a, it's a bad situation that they're in because, uh, previously they were, they were traveling like an hour. They were playing at a minor league park. Their home games were played in, at a minor league park an hour away from their campus because Marshall doesn't have an on-campus facility. They were playing some non-conference games at this facility, um, and that's where they were practicing at this YMCA. Uh, they made some minor renovations. They got a turf infield, and um, I guess they got tired of traveling an hour for home games, so they fixed it up enough to host Conference USA games. So they're playing home games at a YMCA with no lights and hardly any stands while 
they broke ground for their new new stadium in 2019. Funding hasn't come through. COVID hit. So that's been on hold. They were tentatively scheduled to host the Conference USA tournament in 2024. Um, and they're trying to build that stadium by 2024. But uh, I haven't seen any progress since they put shovels in the ground ceremoniously in 2019. Um, and some of the players seem frustrated as well because they made national media the national news this year when they had to stop a game because it got too dark. Uh, one of their non-conference games, they had to stop and it ended in a tie. That's why you see the the tie on their record because they had to um, stop a game because it got too dark. And 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 if I think I saw this right. Uh, it's also in the floodplain for the Ohio River. Is that right? Did, did I read that yeah. correctly? Yes, it's beyond the flood wall. So I'm guessing if it's if you get any kind of precipitation, it, it's at least the infield's turf, but I don't know. I don't know what. And, uh, and there's rain in the forecast, folks. So what you're going to find out is I'm going to be I'm going to take my cooler, so I have not only drinks but I have a place to sit. And then it's going to start raining, and I'm going to be floating down the Ohio River. And I'll take, you know what? Here's how it's going to go down. I'm going to be floating on my green and white Coleman cooler with Norm the Niner sticker on it, floating down the river. And um, I won't have Huck Finn, but I might have Huck Wathen. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with that. That was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Huck Waffen floating down the Ohio River on a green and white Coleman you. cooler with juice boxes and orange slices. Well, I'm hoping that uh, we're able to get three games in. Uh, that I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a doubleheader probably Saturday, if possible. Actually, you know what I'm going to do, Kevin? I got to, this is a better idea. I need to stick close to coach Bick because he taught, he taught water survival, right? Yeah. Air Force Academy. He taught water survival. So when the Ohio river engulfs the YMCA, I'm hanging close to coach Bick. Oh, what you need to do. You need to get next to the broadcasting booth because if their YouTube feed doesn't have radio announcers, I want you to go up there and stand next to the, a cell phone that they're using and <laughs> announce the announce the game. I want you to announce the game. <laughs> I'll just I'll just give shout outs about that. Hey Kevin <laughs> you could give your you could take your cell phone and broadcast. Do a do a do our broadcast. Yeah just heck yeah. Just just, just All broadcast. Right. We, we I like digress it. Like, Digress. Oh, we always digress. But what are you talking about? We're talking about this weekend's game. I'm me, me and Huck are going down the Ohio River on a Coleman cooler. It's gonna be awesome. Maybe Huck will hit one into the Ohio River. That'll work too. Um it's an interesting game matchups. You mentioned Southern Miss at UAB, Long Tech mm-hmm. at ODU, UTSA mm-hmm. at Middle Tennessee, FAU, FIU at in state. Rivalry. I'm thinking if FAU is going to win that series, um, you never know. Um, Charlotte at Marshall and 
Western Kentucky Rice. They're the kind of bottom feeders of the league right now. Um, and I don't know. Um, Western Kentucky, FIU, and Rice, they're four games out of the tournament right now, so they're trying to make it into that top eight. Not looking I, good for them right now. No. Uh, you know, we need to go. What, what's, what's our boy's name? Um, on on Twitter, that's always tweeting about Rice and how how good they're going to be. Remember, they were there were projections. He does this every year. There were projections uh, that that had Rice at the bottom of the conference back preseason, and he was, oh yeah, well you just wait and see what we turn out to be. And Walt. Uh, his name's Walt, I think. Walt, yeah, Walt from Greenberg, our buddy Walt is always talking about how UAB is gonna. I mean, UAB uh, Rice is gonna. This is the year for Rice and. There, there they are, four and fourteen. Um, so, and, and just, just so, you, just so you folks know, we we have there is there is tradition in this this rice. I mean, this uh, Marshall back and forth. Um, their 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 official football count was absolutely in full troll mode last season during football season. Um, and I don't mean like some idiots with a podcast. I mean like their football account. Um, and don't forget last, uh, was it, um, the last season, Kevin, where their catcher tried to steal yeah. a play card and stuff it down his pants. Yeah. Jacob Whitley, uh, um, what he, he, he swung and, and he hit the ball, his play card fell out and the catcher picked it up, put it in his, stuffed it in his pants and Whitley went back and asked for it and the guy wouldn't give it to him. Said so in half. Yeah, coaching staff had to come out. Dude finally reached down in his pants and got the thing out after the umpire kind of made him do it, which is pretty embarrassing. But yeah, there is some there is some uh some shenanigans going on from those. I still play card. You know, they're doing on Saturdays at the Hayes, they're doing um they're doing bingo. Uh, you know, in the stands, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure none of those bingo cards have a square on there that says like umpire checks inside players' pants. <laughs> uh, uh, umpire umpire confiscates material from inside players' pants. Um, you know, that did something, something like similar did happen in the big leagues last year with I think it was Tampa Bay and someone else. They didn't stuff it in their pants, but. Someone did take, I think, the end of the inning, and the catcher walked off with a play card to the dugout. But what anyway. about the same catcher? We should effort that. Yeah, I wonder if they, the catcher's still on, on the roster. We'll check that tonight. To effort that. We, we'll get our research staff on that to find out if that's the same guy. I can, uh, I, I, we'll find out, and I'll let everybody know on Marshall's uh, YouTube broadcast. <laughs> well, we've got our we've still got our radio road radio team going down, so give them a listen. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to, Joe. I, I'm gonna try it, to think it up. Yeah, so you thought Conference USA TV is bad, and it is. Marshall's got a YouTube channel where they set up a cell phone. Maybe it'll maybe it'll work. But you know, I've actually found that I enjoy. Um, like Middle Tennessee series, um, I just totally gave up on their video 
because uh, they couldn't get it together. And, you know, there's something uh, there's something pretty cool about just kind of sitting out on the porch, uh, uh, you know, with a glass of tea, listening to baseball game on on the, the I guess the internet, but the radio, for lack of a better word. Uh, that's old school, man. That's that's I like it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I uh, ended up lining up the, the radio broadcast with the TV when they had it available, so I wouldn't have to listen to their broadcasters. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the series, I listened to Joe, and it was good. Yeah, there and and their broadcasters were um I I don't yeah. Yeah. They they had been calling baseball since the 1940s. Uh and it showed. <laughs> I don't think they'd ever seen a shift before, which is they they just kept talking about it. What are they doing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Hey, they did this yesterday too. They moved their defenders around. Yep, that's right. All right, funny. Mr. Every, Brad. Every, Mr. Brad's giving me the look, folks. You're you're running out of gas, is what I feel like. Yeah, well, I think we're I think we're on. You know, we didn't, and and I'll I'll just tell folks this. Uh, one, these road the, the the road series weeks are always. Um, you know, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to piece it together. Woody always is good about coming on. Um, and and the other thing that that always like. The other week, the last show when we had had Matt on, I mean that just we went. Did that Brad? Did we get it to an hour and forty five minutes on that show? It was it was at least ninety minutes. I don't remember what the final count was, but yeah, I mean, and it was it, we were having so much fun talking to Matt. I mean, we could have talked to Matt for an hour and a half, and uh, you know, we had Woody on. Um, we wanted to talk about the, the conference stuff, but quite honestly, um, we, we we said let's not do a player. Uh, via Zoom, um, because those are so much, so much more fun, and they come off so much better when we do that in person at the Hayes. That's just you know. So we didn't bring you a player this week, uh, and uh, kind of on purpose, uh, frankly, because it, it just it's they flow a lot better. It's a lot more fun to do when we have have the guys in person and can sit down and talk to them. So no player, no player interview this week, but we did get you Woody. What he was committed. I mean, you saw that. He skipped dinner. Coach Sieb had to bring oh, him. Well, I mean, Coach Sieb bailed him out. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, it was a good show. We had. Um, Sieb was the real MVP. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, it, the real MVP is Sidney Pike. Well, we didn't mention him when the, about the pinstripe stuff, but that dude had to wash those uniforms every day, pretty much for the last week. So that's all to Sydney. Yeah, Sid's making that happen. And, you know, I proposed a solution to that, and, and nobody has, has really bit on that yet. Um, my idea was these if, if these if these unis are so lucky, let's stop washing them. <laughs> um, I'm just yeah, saying. Man, we, play on, we play on turf, man. They don't get dirt. There's no dirt on there, right? Exactly. Exactly. Except, for, except no. for when you make a diving catch in the outfield. Like Butch did last night. Well, these athletes sweat. When you're an athlete, you sweat. So that's what if you didn't know. Uh, man, let me go sweat. ahead and let you know something, Kevin. You do not have to be an athlete to sweat because oh. I am not an athlete. 
And brother, I sweat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we always say you're going to get information here that's not in the box score. So there right. you go. Speaking of box scores, I'm looking at the stats right now, and I got to mention Jake Cunningham. He's really coming along. Uh, he's tied for the league, leading the team in homers with 10 homers, and he's also second on the team in stolen bases. That's pretty impressive. He's got 15 stolen bases. He's just, uh, what, three behind firm with 18? Yeah. So he's tied with Fisher with 10 homers, three behind Nate with with, with 15 stolen bases, and, uh, yeah, all-around ball player. So. Uh, that just jumped off the page at me. That we we've talked about it before. But yeah, nah, for real. He that. came up huge on Sunday. Yeah, that three run blast was dead center or just to the right of center. Was uh, was super clutch. Jake broke out the magic stick on him. Right, and he's changed his walk up song to Notorious B.I.G. Now, so yeah. What is it with these guys? Uh, <laughs> They have all this walk-up music. I mean, Jake wasn't born when Biggie Smalls was doing that. Hey, I know. I like it, man. I like I like all this, uh, all the uh, the the '90s rap music that that we're hearing. You, you and I were Jake's age when, or younger, even yeah. when Biggie was doing his thing. That's right. Yep. It's it's know. uh it's a classic. It'll it'll it's ageless. Who who thought you'd say that? This is uh mid nineties rap is ageless. Well, you know, here's the thing. Timeless. Um, timeless. Sorry, not ageless. Timeless. Well, here's the thing about it, and it's messy. And I promise you, we're going to get off the air. But this is true. When I was when I was their age, I listened to my a lot of my parents' music. I mean, I still do. Um, you know, things like like Motown and, and you know, 60s and 70s rock and roll and um, just just good, good stuff. You know, um, we are as far removed from you and I. We are as far m- removed from Nirvana as I was from Three Dog Night or The Temptations or Diana Ross. It's the same gap now. That's Nirvana, Pearl Jam. They're the oldies. Yeah, 20 to 30 years old. Hard that to hurts my feelings. Hey. Hurts my feelings. It's all right. It's all right. And uh, at least the music we listen to is still appreciated. Well, and, and you know what I'm saying today? This music today, you kids listen to, is a bunch of crap. I kind of like some of it, and uh, and most of the time, the only time I get to hear it is when our guys pick for their walk up song. Like, I kind of, I kind of dig some of those songs. I'm all, I don't even know what Hop's walk up is, but I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Uh, better than telling me the check's no good. That's, that's Hop. I love that. He's gonna change it now since, since you think it's hip. Probably, probably, and who could blame him? Frankly. All right, boys, I gotta go. I gotta go pack because I'm hitting the I, I'm hitting the road early tomorrow. Apparently, because I thought it was gonna be five hours, but it just took Woody and the boys seven to do it on a bus. I, that's right, Kevin. I am headed to the 
dun, 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 dun. YMCA. Yep, I'm headed to the YMCA in the morning. Uh, I heard you can stay there uh, with all the boys, and um, and yeah, it's a great have a place. good meal. Have a good meal too. Have a good meal. So do whatever you feel. You can do whatever you feel. That's exactly right. All right, folks, we're out of stuff to say. Let's go win a let's go win a series. Producer Brad shaking his head. Find this podcast if you want to. Wherever you find your podcast, hit us up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, even Instagram, but still not TikTok, never TikTok. Reach out. We love hearing from you folks. Love talking to you at the ballpark. Hey, if you see me in Huntington, West Virginia this weekend, say hello. I'll be the guy on the green cooler handing out juice boxes and orange slices. For Kevin and producer Brad and Coach Woody that we let go a while ago, this has been Nick, and we will see you at the haze.